go ahead and pick your speed up your number one now, runway 27, clear to land green dot. Welcome to Oshkosh, guys. Hello and welcome back to the Green Dot, EAA's podcast for anyone and everyone who loves aviation. My name is Hal Bryan and I am one of your hosts. I'm EAA's managing editor for print and digital content and publications. Over there across the room, Tom Sharpentier, government relations director. And uh, Tom, uh, we are very lucky to have a guest with us in person today, uh, coming to EAA to... uh, to talk about all sorts of uh, nefarious plans, it seems. Uh, a great partner of ours and uh, somebody I think everybody out there is going to be really glad to get to know uh, a little bit better. And that's uh, Mark Glassmeyer. He's the founder, president, uh, the guy behind uh, Flight Outfitters. Mark, welcome. Thanks. Great to be here. It's a little weird to be here without all the people out here, but yeah, it is strange. It's like uh, ghost town. Yeah, first time you come to uh, come to Oshkosh. If you look around the airport at all in the uh, off season, if you haven't done that before, it is uh, it is jarring, isn't it? You're very you're so used to it being one particular way. It's like going back to your hometown and just finding that it's shut down and it's deserted. Yeah, it has like the like after Christmas feel to it. Like the Christmas trees bare underneath right. you. All the presents have been open and it's just standing there. So exactly. Luckily, we, you know, we love it here and, you know, we find plenty to do in the off season, thankfully for that. So, uh, Mark, let's start, uh, let's start back pretty much at the, at the beginning. What, how did you first, uh, get interested in aviation? Was that part of your family at all or where did that come from? Uh, so the, aviation started with my grandfather's influence and, um, I like to say that flight outfitters actually exists because of Oshkosh, honestly. Um, and that is, I, I, I first, my first uh, real uh, interest in, in aviation came from Oshkosh, honestly. I mean, it was, we, I was trying to piece it back together. I've been looking at old photos and, and such, but um, it was the time, the year, the, the first year the Concorde came. So you were nice enough before we got started to tell me that it was 1985. So I must have been about uh, 10 years old at the time. And my grandfather's entire B-24 Liberator crew was still alive at the time and they were coming up here to have a reunion and um i went along with them and i i was a like into the, like the military airplanes and i wanted to see you know f-14 tomcats tearing up the sky and so we came up here and 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 that's where i saw and found general aviation was was coming here with my grandfather and i was like what are all these little planes and people were camping under them and it was it was such a neat experience so um I left Oshkosh with this with this passion for wanting to fly, and I went back and I had a I had a learned disability, still have a learned disability, and my my parents saw aviation as a way to maybe give me some confidence. Like I didn't have confidence, you know, in the classroom or so. so my, my brothers and I started to take flying lessons, and it, it really wasn't flying lessons, right? So what we would do is we'd take off in formation, these little skippers out of Lunkin, and we'd go kind of pretend dogfight and come back, and then we'd go back to school and and tell everyone, well. You know, I'm a pilot, and that just that being able to say that gave me, you know, quite a sense of accomplishment and and gave me a lot of uh, self confidence. So that that's where it started for me. And then the same kind of thing happened down the road is when I finally got my pilot's license, and this is years later. You know, I was uh, in my 40s, and I get my pilot's license, and it was like, cool, I'm a pilot. Now I'm one of these guys I've been saying I wanted to be like for so long. What do I get to wear now? You know, what's the uniform? What's the outfit? And at the time, it didn't exist, so that's that kind of created flight outfitters. So Oshkosh created my interest in aviation, and it created the the spark that led to start flight outfitters. It, uh, I think we'll we'll circle back to flight outfitters in a bit, but uh, uh, there's definitely a lot more to talk about there. But what was your sort of your core career? Uh, 
that you, that you were pursuing before Flight Outfitters came around? So, and when I first got in the real world, you mean like what I do? So, yeah, sure, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Wherever that is, I've never been there, so but I've I, heard it's nice. Yeah. So I, you know, we, I, I was, I was doing the, the, the kind of, you know, bi-weekly flying lessons when I really wasn't learning to fly with my brothers, and and so I still was into in enjoyed it, but then high school sports and other other things got, you know, came into into interest. So we stopped flying and played football, and then I went to Franklin College in Indiana, which is a the Division Three school about 20 miles south of Indianapolis. And I went there because I was a quarterback and they ran the run and shoot. So that's where I went to. If I, you know, I was going to go play Division Three football. I wanted to throw the football a lot, and Franklin gave me the opportunity to do that. Uh, get out of Franklin College, and my wife's uncle had just um, bought a company called Clipper. She wasn't my wife at the time, but, you know, my f- friend's uncle. <laughs> I married a cousin. So he had bought a company and I went to work for them and went back to school in the evenings and got my MBA. Um, so I had this shiny new MBA and I was working at a small family company and I'm like, there's really not a corporate ladder to climb here. You know, why'd I do this with this? <laughs> and uh, at that time I had married Tracy. And so this guy, Jerry Zobris is his name. He is, uh, he's my wife's uncle. So he's now my uncle-in-law, I guess. So he, he was there, and another a gentleman named David Durham, who those two owned the company I went to work for. And I said, I would really like to get into making bags and doing in bags. Because what Clipper did was they, they made the handles that make luggage roll. You know how your, oh, your luggage goes yeah. up. And, yeah. So I've been working with luggage makers trying to sell them handles. And I really, I'm a gearhead, you know, like I think anyone that's like gas and oil or whatever likes gear, like you have your gear bags and, you know, if you're going, you got your dirt bike riding bag and your boating bag. and So, so I liked gear and I, I wanted to do that. So they said, great, let's, uh, let's, let's start a company that makes bags. So it was me, a phone and a line of credit that those two guys guaranteed for me. And we, I started making functional bags for like police, fire, EMS. Um, so the type of bags you can't go buy at like a sporting goods store, but very specific, you know, there's a pocket, aviation is a great example. There's a pocket for a fuel tester. There's a pocket for headsets. So very functional bags. Um, and then I, so I'm doing private label manufacturing. Um, and then I go, I finally find the time to get my pilot's license. So I do that at lunch, flying mostly at lunch and stuff in my professional career. And then after I get my pilot's license, I'm like, cool, I'm a pilot. Like, what do I get to wear? You know, like, what, what's the uniform I get to wear? And it didn't exist. So um, we started Flight Outfitters um, for that reason and started naturally with the bags because that's what I, I knew the best. That's great. Yeah, so, so to, the, and the bag was your first product, you said. Correct. Um, so talk a little bit about how you designed it. How, what, what differentiated it from uh, some of the other flight bags that are on the market at the time? Well, I wanted it. To, I wanted it to have a look to it, right? So I wanted it to look cool, but I also didn't want. I guess about the time we were starting flight outfitters, you know, the the iPad, uh, the digital flight desks are getting more and more popular. So it kind of timings everything, right? So I, we didn't need these big chart like you see in the, with all the stickers all over on the big chart cases. Those there was really no place for those anymore because everything was digital. So I wanted it was basically two ideas. I want to look cool. I want to subtly say I'm a pilot and. I want it to be the right size for what we carry today, not you know yesteryear. So, with the digital, the digital cockpit more so places for iPads and charging cables, and not necessarily sectional charts and big operating manuals. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, kind of a bag for the for the new new age of uh, of, of air navigation. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Great.
So I want to uh, actually jump back just a little bit, and I think uh, I think we've we all established before we started today that we're all going to bounce around a lot. Uh, it's like I, I don't know about you, Mark. I've never met a tangent that I wasn't just desperate to run off. Oh, on. No, so you want to go ride so, bikes? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. Uh, anyway, um, take me back. Uh, I guess uh, all back to that moment when um, you know you're you're grown up, you're ish, and you're established. And you said, now I have time to go to get my pilot's license. Can you remember the moment you made that decision or what was it that just pushed you that said, now I'm really going to do it? So that, that, the now I'm going to do it moment was probably 38 different now I'm going to do it moments. Where I, I had committed, I'm going to do it. Now's the time. Now's the time. You know, it's like it's, it's, it's almost like every decision to fly was a new New Year's resolution. That You know how those go with everyone, right? So... The, it wasn't necessarily saying, now I'm going to do it. It's, it was me, it was timing, me saying, now I'm going to do it. But I did it in the presence of aviation friends and aviation mentors that said, yeah, you are going to do it. You know, we are going to do this. And it was them kind of coming beside me and, and like saying, here's how you do it. Here's, you know, from everything from you can, you can literally fly at lunch three days a week and we can get this done, Mark. Or, you know, it, and then, well, once I get it, what am I going to do with it? Well, f- you know, having a, a community of pilots around you was the secret. To, for, to me actually realizing this dream you know so it wasn't necessarily me deciding to do it it was me deciding to do it in the company of people that could help me do it and it was a team effort for me getting my pilot's license so it sounds like these were people who are going to not only help you do it but they're going to hold you accountable yep and I, that i can fly with you know and because right. it, it's it's uh you know I, i'd like to say that I'm, I'm also a certified scuba you know i got my scuba thing but i've last time i scuba dived was on my honeymoon in hawaii you know it's like because you don't have anyone to do it with regularly so it was like why am i going to invest all this time and money in my pilot's license if it's just going to be you know oh i'm a pilot cool you know check the box but i I want it to be part of my life you know and and to do that i needed people to fly with and to mentor me so luckily i found that community of people and eaa and oshkosh is the family reunion for those people you know like this this is the 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 family that that and that's one of the the best advantages of eaa for you know shameless plug is it connects you with like-minded people in your same tribe that will that that helps you fulfill your dreams you're here uh, I, I think that's actually kind of funny. Uh, you you know, mentioned that you uh, you're scuba certified. There is a lot of crossover between flying airplanes and scuba diving. I, I know so many people who do both. I guess maybe us pilots who just um, standing still on the ground just is anathema to us or something like that. Right. Yeah, and dirt biking. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's something to be said for that. I think um, I've heard people talk about, you know, you mentioned you're a gearhead. I've heard people talk about uh, some people sort of have the transportation gene. So I'm into airplanes, but there's there's a whole categories of cars that I'm really interested in. Uh, I'm a big ocean liner buff outside of that. So I think that's part of it. But then there's also maybe the the moving in three dimensions gene. That uh, that draws some people. That yeah. uh, scuba diving, you've got that amazing full three D freedom, and it's uh, it's it's different but similar. Yeah, I've, I, you know, I've, we've talked about it a lot in the podcast. I've always struggled to put my finger on it. I, you know, I, I know I've mentioned that I'm I'm really into the romance of flying, but I'm also there's also just such a satisfaction of operating the machine competently, and I think that 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 applies to flying, applies to driving, applies to sailing, and all maybe sorts we all of have control things. issues. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably literally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, literally and figuratively. Yeah. yeah. But I also wanted to just uh, uh, yeah emphasize that point that you mentioned uh, of having the supportive community around you of showing you what you were going to be able to do when you were done. 
with, uh, with with your training because I think that's really important. That was something that really helped me along um, when I was learning to fly. I was my local EAA chapter and getting to go on uh, you know flights with them. So. Oh yeah, there's nothing better than a you know hundred dollar hamburger or you know five hundred dollar cup of coffee in the morning with the sun coming up. So and you learn so much from those flights too. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. What's really neat though is uh, my son. I, we have four kids, and so the third son down in in birth order is. Uh, he he just sold on his 16th birthday, so he he oh, sold, wow. and then a day later got his driver's license, so he could fly an airplane by himself. But that's another new element is to be able to fly with my son, you know. So it's been my mentors and my friends that fly with, and he and he he tagged along exactly how, when you were talking. I just thought of Ryan because he would just tag along with us, and then that lit the fire, and and then now those he's flying with those same people I'm flying with now. Um, so it's really really special for, you know. I see so many father-son dynamics or father-son relationships that are centered around aviation. They're just, that's your time to talk. You know, it's like, I got a friend, like, I don't like snow skiing. What I like is the time on the chairlift with my kids, you know, it's, it's the ride up there and the time I get, I get them one-on-one to myself. Um, and that's, that's, what's really neat is that, that you, we literally put on head headphones to talk to each other and sitting right next to each other. And it's, that's what I'm super excited for that. It's gone from my mentor thing into, a father-son thing for me personally. Yeah, that's awesome, and 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 you're absolutely right. I mean, that's the next kind of the next level up. Once you learn how to do the thing, it's doing the thing with other people that mm-hmm. keeps you going. Right. So, and then I think maybe step uh, two point one or something is figuring out how to share that thing with other people. Absolutely. So you're yeah. doing it with people who already know how to do it, but then. Uh, you become an evangelist, right? At some yeah. point, you start thinking, okay, somebody who's never done this, you know, let's give them a ride or let's bring them out to the airport. Uh, and being able to pass that on to a child has got to be incredible. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, as we're talking here, I'm just, I'm, I'm just thinking about, because obviously we're doing a podcast and you want to, you know, we're trying to learn more about me, but I'm, it's interesting how many, and I'm, I'm kind of just realizing this right now, is how many different points in my life point back to, to EAA and Oshkosh. You know, it's it's the the memories of my grandfather and the, that that grand that grandson grandfather relationship. You know, I got to drive eight hours from Cincinnati in a car with him just one on one time. Wow. Look at the one on one time there. And then I look at my the company exists because of aviation because I wanted to I wanted to show the markings of my tribe that I was a pilot and I wanted other, I was proud of that and wanted other people to know that. You know, and then the the community of people that are here every July that I get to see those mentors I'm talking about that the fact that you're my friend and you're also my hero is is is, is something that I think is so unique to aviation and um and I get to be around my heroes that are also my friends you know so it's like if you were into like NASCAR racing or whatever you'd be like oh yeah junior and then these guys and but you literally can go out to dinner with them here it's like you know you, you know <laughs> it's like you know so that points back here and then my future with 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 my my sons and my family the family time it's it's because of that aviation spark that was lit here and then you know god willing maybe grandkids someday you know or whatever gosh isn't that fan- it's just it's just so neat that they to see that all the things that oshkosh and then my parents coming back here and i had the so when i'm back here with my booth and it's like oh my gosh it's neat but i can still remember that first oshkosh with grandpa walking around he's still here with me you know when i get on the ground isn't it's like can, and, I, and i always pinch myself it's like can you believe grandpa we have a booth here now you know i'm talking to him walking around like look my sign's next to ge on the building you know that's so awesome grandpa can you believe that and it, it's just it's amazing it's like grandpa i'm in the goodyear blimp and it's, it's, it's so it's it's surreal definitely surreal and i'm very very grateful to to 
this area. Oh, that's that's so so great to hear. I'm assuming uh, your grandpa has passed. Yeah, he passed so. in '94. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's been been some time now. And but uh, he was part of a B-24 crew. Yep. Seventh Air Force, Eleventh Bomb Group, and they were uh, the airplane's name was the Uninvited. It was a B-24J model. Oh, that's. <laughs> It's a good name That's for amazing. a strategic bomber. <laughs> yes, it is exactly. There's a neat story. Like I, I, I got. We do have the nose guard, but they, they had a, a, a not so dressed young lady on the front of it, underneath uninvited. And I think the story Grandpa told me was like an admiral or a colonel was somebody was coming to visit, and so they had to paint a bathing suit on her before he came up. So the, all the uh, artwork course, I have, yep. yeah, there's a bathing suit on her. But yeah. um, the, we actually, um, so we uh, um, actually just uh, uh, uncovered my grandfather's logbook believe it or not. And we were going through, and we, I had, my grandmother is, uh, kind of had to get moved to some assisted living. So we were going through all this stuff as you naturally do as a part of one of those moves. And we came across his logbook. Um, and it, it wasn't like an official government logbook. It's just a journal he had kept with e- each of the 40 missions and what they were doing. It's got all his training flights from when he was here domestically. And so my uncle and I, and my mother were, it, it's, it's been a year-long project since we found the book. We had to have it transcribed because some of the handwriting was hard to read. And then now we're putting together a book where my aunt is going to historical archives and finding photos that Grandpa maybe didn't take, but we're taking at the same time. So we can see his airbase on Guam oh, at wow. this date, this time. Here's a photo taken then for reference and maps of where they went. And um, we're going through it and like talking about all the, the, the runs to soften up Iwo Jima. And the, he's saying in there, we're going to bomb right up to the invasion. And I mean, it is just amazing stuff. Um, and some of the, the pilot geek stuff is, it's like to see that he flew from San Francisco to Honolulu uh, at 7,500 7, feet. And da, 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 like, you know, you're in your oh, mind, sure. you're saying, how do you hit an island without GPS? Right. Or, you know, in the middle of the Pacific, you know, at 7,000 feet, it's just, it's just so cool, you know, so, so cool. Um, that, that's great that you've been able to dig in and learn so much, learn so much about it, and and it's uh, I think it, it says something about your character that as a kid, you uh, you valued that time with him, you valued those stories and things because that's not every kid is uh, is sort of wired that way, you know. I, I think I think sometimes you find as as we get older. Some people look back and say, "Man, I wish I'd paid more attention to the stories and things mm-hmm. like this." But it's uh, it's great to hear that you were aware of the value of that time, uh, even even as a young person. Yeah, it's it, it, that oral tradition is important, I think, for sure. And the interesting, this is pretty neat. It's, so we we have his logbook, so we're going through and doing that. And then this was my idea, it's similar to what you're saying, is I, I wanted to do the back section of this book we're making is going to be that's going to be titled. I don't know if it's true or not, but Grandpa told me. So it's all these stories about, you know, and, and, and where this came about is that the, the oral tradition was that when they left for the war, you know, the young men, that they flew under the Golden Gate Bridge on their way out. Like, forget it. Who cares? You know, we might not be oh coming back. Gosh. But then I read in the logbook, it's like, flew over Golden Gate Bridge. It said, must be my last look. It's, you know, the American right. Cross. I was like, oh, that wasn't true. But so, and then all the family members have emailed my uncle what their little oral stories are. So we're going to try to get those and preserve them. That's fantastic. That'd be cool. So it's very clear you highly value stories and you've built a lot of your brand around kind of the, the stories we all collect as, as we fly and the adventures of flying. What are some of your favorite stories um, of your flying? Some of my flying adventures? Yeah. Um, so a lot of, I've, I've had some really fun trips. Uh, we And I've, because of the brand is uh, the bush pot line that we have, we get to do quite a bit of flying up in Alaska, and that's been so fun to fly with those guys. It's a whole different, you know, whole different ball game up there. And I just, 
again, talking about my friends being my heroes, I look up to those people and that, you know, on what they, what they can do on a regular basis. We, I, I've told the story before, but we, I was with my wife and we were flying with Chris Palmer in Alaska and we're coming down the Homer spit and we pull up the ATIS at Homer and it was like, you know, I forget what it was, but it was scary crosswind. You know, I like, I like, I was like, uh Oh, what do we do? Like, I'm like, I know the demonstrated crosswind ability of a 172 is a 15 knot crosswind. This was like a 38 or something. And I'm like freaking out. And like, I'm like, well, Chris, what do we do? What do we do? And he's like, ah, don't worry about it. There'll be like a taxiway pointed into the wind or a road, something we'll get it down. And I'm like, your airplane, you know, like, <laughs> dang it. like I, I trust you, but let, you know, I, I'm not doing this. And then, you know, just, just, it's amazing how like you can just turn a normal trip into fun trips, you know, just when you add that element of aviation because, you know, everyone says getting there is half the fun. Well, it, it's more than half the fun when you're flying there in my mind. So even routine flights, there was simple flights that you just laugh about. Like we were coming into Fort Wayne one night and uh, it was me and a friend and just going for dinner. And they're like, you know, I think it was one, two, one uniform, Charlie, we're 172. We're in. And they're like, how wide are you? I'm like, and we're like, well, I've never been asked that question before. Like, well, there's a towers asking. I looked to my right, looked to my left, and I was like, oh, I don't know, like 40 feet or whatever. Like, okay, good, clear to land. And I'm like, what was that all about? Like, it was like it, 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 they were doing runway work and they had like something closed, so they were just making sure we weren't like a 747 or something. <laughs> but it was just, it was just funny little things like that. You turn around or like, you know, we tell someone there's a coyote on the runway or going into, into we we've got a place down at Norris Lake in Tennessee. It's kind of a one way in, one way out, airstrip on top of a mountain. So every time I go into there, I'm really landing on the USS Intrepid, right, in my mind, you know, like coming in. On, so it's, Catching the three-wire. Yeah, you, you find yourself, you, you're serious, you're taking it serious, but every now and then you just kind of have that little playful moment where I'm Maverick or I'm but, a pushpot or I'm a whatever, you know. If, if you don't still have a little kid in you every that pops up every time you fly, then I don't know. I'm not still sure you're doing it right. Still plays with toy airplanes, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes, you, you, sometimes you play with them on the outside. Sometimes you're actually on the inside. But <laughs> yep. it's it's all the same. So what uh, what kind of things do you uh, – what kind of airplanes do you like to fly the, the most? What's uh, What I, do you fly regularly? It's I, Well, I fly whatever I can, but from my primarily – Primarily what I fly is a, a Cessna 172, uh, a Cessna 182, and then a Cetabria. Oh, that's great. What's your, uh, what's your dream to fly? My dream yeah. to fly? Let's, say, let, let, uh, let's categorize this. Let's say for the first round, no holds barred. Total bucket list. Maybe it doesn't even exist anymore. Okay. But uh, what, would it, what would it be? So here's the scenario. Okay. How you've been abducted. By terrorists. This okay. is uh, this is very familiar to yes. me so far. And I happen to find an F sixteen and come get you out. That would be my dream. You know the old uh, so, Iron Eagle. So so I should say you're Doug <laughs> yeah. Masters. I'm your dad. That's really but, funny because in but most Iron Eagle, well, like, you just go yeah, steal there's, military there's, debt. And there's like, absolutely <laughs> no way around it. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. I actually I have a a, a t-shirt at home with the 150 Arabat that says fly the snake. So when you're talking Iron Eagle, you are you are 100% among friends. Uh, Tom and Christina can, or we can, can stick testify with current to events. that. Maybe like we could become the next two ghost pilots. Well, like, I'll go. be ghost that one, you be, be ghost two or whatever. How's that Okay, sound like? so we're going to go into combat in an F-16. <laughs> What's weird, though, is uh, this is the first time I've ever been plugged into the hypothetical Iron Eagle scenario, <laughs> and I've not been Doug. I've been the dad. <laughs> this is what it is to get old. <laughs> I'm, I'm ancient. Okay, so um, so an F-16. I mean, you know, there's uh, there are pathways uh, that that 
people have found their way into the cockpit. So Thunderbirds give uh, orientation yeah. rides. Others sometimes squadrons will occasionally give give air orientation rides. So it's certainly not impossible. And there's a handful of F-16s now, even in private hands. Private hands, yeah. So you know, so one uh, one never knows. But uh, um, let's say that you looked at that and said, okay, well maybe that's not not realistic. Even mm-hmm. though, frankly, I think it, it kind of is. But what uh, what would be sort of your next tier? Something that that you might reasonably have access to or could fly repeatedly, but you haven't gotten your hands on yet. Well, so I guess it. I, I'm I'm 46 years old and I still play dress up, right? So I got my tractor <laughs> driving outfit. I've got my dirt bike driving outfit. I got my pilot outfit. And I I would say that it would be similar with airplanes. It would depend on the mission, you know. So if it was family vacation somewhere. Pilatus PC-12, you know, that's on the list. If it's, we're going to do a fishing trip in Alaska somewhere in your Canada, a beaver on floats, you know. Um, if it was just bumping around the southwest, probably a 180 with big tires. Um, so it, it would, I would be, I would, I would pick my airplane for whatever the fun I was doing to maximize my fun, right? So I wouldn't take, I wouldn't take a, a, a beaver to, uh, down to some place that just land on, on, paved runways or sure. something. You know? So I would, I would maximize my fun by picking the aircraft for the mission, if that that's, makes sense. Uh, that's great. I had a feeling going into this that we were never going to pin you down to one. And that, <laughs> that to me, that's a, that's a positive character trait. Okay. Uh, but, but which one's your favorite kid? I mean, come on, tell me really. <laughs> it's, it, I, it's just as hard, I think. Yeah. So circling back uh, to, to your company, to Flight Outfitters, um, we talked about the uh, the bags that you started off with. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, you are very smartly dressed in your Flight Outfitters uh, vest and hat right now. Hey, I dressed up for radio. I'm a brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Folks, if you could see him now. Yeah, He's definitely the smart, smartest dressed among the least I don't know why I put my makeup on, though. That was just... <laughs> um, yeah, so so take us through a little bit of uh, kind of how the product line evolved and uh, kind of what you're into now. So we, it's, it's pretty simple. We started with, with what we knew best and we could do the best from the beginning, and that was the bags. And then we just listened to customers from then on out and, and tried to uh, really, really listen. So if somebody says, hey, you need to make this strap a little bit longer, we make the strap a little bit longer. You know, I, obviously, we can't make everyone happy, but we, we certainly try to at least have that dialogue and, and, be, and, just, and be a friend, you know, not this big corporation. And... Uh, <clears throat> You were at, uh, well, let me just put it this way. When was your the first time you had a booth at AirVenture for Flight Outfitters? Oh, gosh. Um, I remember, I want to say it was 2000, could it have been 15, maybe? I don't know, maybe. Somewhere, somewhere in there sounds yeah, about I can right. I look it up. So, um, but it was just, I remember it was me and, and uh, I think it was me, Matt Durham, Matt Pinger, and it w- we had two bags. We had no inventory. So two bags and two mats. Two mats. Yeah. Yeah, two bags and two okay. mats. And, and no inventory to sell. So we were just like, people would be like, great, I like it. I'll take one. And we're like, uh, well, we don't have any to sell. And they're like, oh, okay. We're like, it was just kind of our, we're here, you know? And and from there, it's it's gone and gone. And now we've got the, the contest with you guys, which I'm so grateful for, where people can win a camper right for the week or stay in a camper for the week and well in fact i was mentioning before we started as we're recording this it'll it'll air a little bit later uh, be released rather a little bit later this week but as recording this is the last day for entries for the second annual uh um uh second annual uh, flight outfitters uh, pilot your own adventure contest that we've done in partnership uh we did that in 2021 for the first time and uh you guys just came to the table with 
so much support. Uh, you've got this great camper that's all wrapped in cool flight outfitters things. So the grand prize winner gets the week uh, camping experience at AirVenture in the camper. And um, then, you know, uh, sort of second through fifth prizes get all kinds of great flight outfitter stuff, a few EA goodies thrown in. Um and it's been uh, it's been really interesting. So I've been uh, been lucky enough to be uh, sort of put together the judging uh, for reading these stories. And it's so much more. Uh, there's so much more to it. There's so much more um, engagement. I think that's involved with telling people we want to read your story. This isn't a this isn't a drawing. You know, this isn't a sweepstakes where you're just getting a ticket. People are sending in their stories. And, uh, you know, last year the theme was about sort of flying adventures. And this year we're asking people to to dig deep into the histories of their aircraft and tell those, uh, those stories. And uh, the judging will uh, begin tonight or tomorrow morning again as we're recording this. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's tough. It's a challenge because we've got so many people out there who are so excited to tell the stories. And it's, been, uh, it, it's just been a great, uh, great way for us, uh, even though we've only, I think, met in person twice now. It's a yeah. great way for us to work together and for the two organizations to work together. It's it's yeah I love it and it, it, the the idea that the contest is centered around people's stories or people's airplane stories and and because this is an EA community of pilots and let's it, don't make it about us let's make it about the you know what you do and, right and, and that's that's what's so cool and it was because the reason Oshkosh is cool is because we all show up you know <laughs> that's exactly right if, 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 if and you can go outside right now this place is yeah. it's nice but it's not as cool as the last week of july and so the, the, i what feel like makes we owe cool. the tourism bureau an apology right now <laughs> but we understand what you we understand what you mean no, i'm saying is that but, the people yeah, make the difference and really so do. it's it's been great to shine a spotlight on them with the contest well and it's been uh, it's been so much fun now uh <clears throat> So you mentioned, you know, your first time at AirVenture with Flight Outfitters, and it's you, two mats, and two bags, and and it's obviously uh, grown since then. So tell us about how uh, Flight Outfitters' presence at AirVenture has evolved. Well, if if I'm totally honest, I feel like it, it's just surreal. Like I and it's I kind of feel like you know. You guys are throwing a house party, and our parents are out of town. You know, it's like it's like, oh, we're doing this, we're having a good time, and they're like, I'm just we're waiting to hear that garage door open and be like, the party's <laughs> over. You know, like it's so, because it's it's, and I think it's just because of the nature of how how great the people that work in this building are, and and, and you guys, it's just been so welcoming, so down to earth people to work with, and when like minded people start doing stuff fun stuff happens. So, you know, we've gone from that little booth to now we have what we call the people's campsite. So it's right outside of our hangar where we got a bunch of Adirondack chairs that people can just relax. And, you know, there's not pressure sales there. We just wanted a nice place for people to hang out and watch the air show. And we've, we've doubled the size of our booth uh, this year. So we'll have more product there. And then we've got the camper contest and it's, it's, it's really neat. Like I would say that last year, we were a bad company, but last year was the year that I say that Flight Outfitters became a brand, you know, from just from products to a brand that people, they're starting to understand that it's not just a bag or a shirt, but these, that we genuinely care about these being the, the markings of our tribe or aviation tribe. And this is how we say we're part of this group. Well, and, and first of all, we certainly appreciate the kind words. And, and of course, you know, the, the, the credit for air venture and our, our annual convention being what it is goes to the volunteers. It goes to our founder. It goes to the people who come as, as you say. Um, but, uh, uh, when you talk about sort of becoming a brand, um, 
you know, we've done something that uh, that was a little bit new w- with you. Yeah, it has, and we've actually partnered together to put both our logos on uh, on some some jackets and and bags and vests and things, and that's been really really fun to see. Um, and I don't I I don't mind saying that uh, you know, especially lately, when it comes to our merchandise and where we will put an EA brand, an EA logo, we've we've had the luxury of becoming, I guess, a lot more discriminating. And uh, so it's really, really been nice to see somebody come along with good stuff that we're, you know, we're proud to wear. I've got a, a one of your Bush Pilot jackets that I love. I've got a couple of the bags. It's uh, it's good stuff. And both of those things have, say, EAA, say, Flight Outfitters. And like you've said a few times, you know, that identifies part of the tribe. And it's, it's totally mutual. I mean, that's one of those moments. I'm like, Grandpa? Can you believe, a hey, Grandpa, can you believe my logo's on a jacket with EAA's logo? <laughs> you know, that's one of those moments for me when I see it. So, it's pretty neat. I, I guess one, one last question for me. Um, you know, you mentioned the the kind of the campsite you set up outside the uh, the hangar. Um, uh, but the uh, the essay contest, too, um, involves uh, your um, camper, the mm-hmm. Flight Outfitters camper that um, uh, that, that you bring onto the grounds. And, and have, can you tell us a little bit about that and um, maybe some of the – where that came from and uh, some of the adventures you've had with that? So we, we were, I think it was a mutual brainstorming phone call we had. It was just, you know, one of some couple winters ago, we were sitting there talking, like, what could we do? And I think it, it originally started for, um, could you donate some jackets? EA asking if they, we could donate a jacket or something for, they wanted to just kind of highlight a campsite and give prizes away. And I'm like, well, yeah, I can certainly give you jackets, but, you know, I'm proud of my ADD, like, let's idea, let's start, let's go, let's go, go. And I'm like, what if we bought a camper? And then what if we did this? And what if we had cornhole? And what if we did this? And like, and then, like I said, our parents are out of town, right? So <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure, do it, you know? And so um, it's, I guess once Jack said go, we were able to do it, and it's just been so much fun. I mean, I, I've had, I couldn't track the convert. Don't ask me, like, what's your, been your return from an advertising, whatever. Like, my return is, a billion percent because I've had so much fun doing it. I have no idea if it's generated any business or not, but it's been a lot of fun and, and getting to meet more and more people at EAA because, you know, if you got a contest going on, you got to coordinate this and you got to coordinate that. And all that does is introduce me to more people. It's been super cool. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's great. It all goes back to the community, right? You know, yeah. That's what it's all about. It really is. It's And I think it's so unique to aviation. It's just, it's because we'll, we'll, you know, I'll kind of you know joke about oh yeah well, i'm better than you we you know bust each other's chops you know but then if you're out of the room it's like your parents are always you feel like your parents are always bragging about your brother and sister but never about you yeah you know when <laughs> when you're gone they're bragging about you and that's how it is with our friends is like i might be you know giving you a hard time about oh you, you that landing was terrible da, 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 but and we're gonna be like oh my gosh such a great pilot can't believe we did that you know you find yourself bragging about your friends and that's what i mean by your friends or your heroes it's like it's just it's so unique Davey. it's hard to explain unless you're part of the tribe you know yeah that's terrific um okay i think we're just about to, just about to wrap up but uh i'm going to put you on the spot and we'll just we'll see what happens um anything you have uh, in the works at flight outfitters that you can you can tease about something that's coming up oh you're making a face yeah. that says why did he ask me that and now you're pushing an nda in front <laughs> no, of me no, 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 no. um 
No, I could. I'll tell you. No one's listening to this, anyways, right? <laughs> no, not at all. It's, <laughs> no, it's only on the internet. Okay, I mean, nobody. It's on the interwebs. <laughs> yeah, nobody ever finds anything on the internet, right? Okay. So, so no, we're we're gonna. You'll see an expansion this year in the bush pot line. So that's kind of our leather, our canvas with leather accents. So we're gonna do a a tote. Uh, we're gonna come out with more of a purse type size bag and then we're going to do more like a beach tote type product uh you're going to see an expansion in our lightweight jacket offerings that come out this year uh, you're going to see a reboot of our basic kneeboard uh kind of fall in line with that deluxe kneeboard launch that just came out um and then lots and lots of fun stuff you know so that's great come by oshkosh and, and <laughs> our booth you'll see it and you said your booth is going to be twice the size uh, this year twice the size yeah but we're still you know we're still not it's so funny like we joke every time i walk by cirrus i'm like i say to everybody it's kind of like a going joke i'm like you know you made it when your booth has gutters you know, <laughs> you know so, well, i'll have a bigger booth this year no gutters like cirrus but you know we'll, we'll... note to self just to bring mark a small section of gutter just to set in his booth <laughs> i don't remember to do that uh that's that's great well mark we sure uh we sure appreciate uh of course, you're taking the time to come join us on the show today. Um, great to have you here in person. Great to see you again. And we, we really appreciate all the fun ways uh, we've been finding to work together. Um, you know, Flight Outfitters has been has been a great partner uh, of EAA. And it's a, it's been a very, I think you'd agree, it's been a very organic, very natural uh, natural thing. Yep. And it's, you know, as you said, started with a phone call. Hey, could we get a jacket? Well, how about <laughs> I'll see your jacket and raise you a camper and a campsite and, and, uh, and everything else. And, uh, the, you know, the enthusiasm on both sides has, has just made it fun. I think this is, this is what working together in aviation should be and what it should look like. This is what working together in all aspects of life should be like. It's just, if you can be honest up front, like-minded people, it's, it's been a joy, and I'm so, so grateful to you and, and the whole entire organization. Well, the, the, the feeling certainly certainly mutual. So speaking of grateful, uh, thanks to all of you out there for listening. Thanks for joining us for this episode and taking the time along with us to get to know Mark uh, and his company a little bit better. Thanks to everyone out there who takes the time to give us a review on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. Uh, we always appreciate that. We appreciate uh, when you head over to inspire.ea.org and find the individual episode and make comments uh, on those posts that go up there or uh, those that send us feedback to feedback at ea.org all of that gets uh, gets routed to us and uh, we we've said it before we'll keep saying it the only reason we're able to to do this podcast is because of the the feedback the good reviews and the, uh, the terrific responses uh, that we get so thanks to uh, all of you for that please keep on listening and we look forward to catching up to you next time when you're cleared to land on the green dot you